Okay, this is a bit of a weird way to start. Hello, to, uh, g'day, teabaggers. Uh, it's Will here. Um, I'm not going to say uh, welcome to an episode of Fofop because it's not a Fofop. Uh, this is an intro for the final episode of Tofop. Well, the final episode of this series of Tofop. But it's the first intro that I've done with a special guest, uh, Felicity Ward's here. Hello, Felicity. Hi, Will. Now, so now you're actually officially appearing on a Tofop episode, not a Fopop Fop episode. Oh. But just in the intro of it, oh, not okay. actually in the in, in the episode. I'm a cameo appearance. I mean, maybe this is like one of those, like, you know, when they get the cast back together to yeah, do yeah, intros yeah. for, you know, great memories in the history of the podcast. This is a clip show. It's a clip show. It's a clip show. <laughs> You know, my favourite memory of episodes I've never seen is... Um, yeah. Well, I did just say, because we were going to do a full po- podcast ourselves, but then through, uh, well, my room was getting cleaned and it's hard to come in and start a podcast while the cleaner's in. You just don't have tenacity. That's your problem. You could do it. Right. What if we got the cleaners on? I know, but while well, they speak French. Exactly. We could have some French listeners. I-, I love the fact that the cleaners, by the way, like speak two languages. Yeah, everyone does. I did. I went to Amsterdam, and I'd never been to Amsterdam before. Right. And this homeless guy came up, and he was selling me his paintings in Dutch. And I'm having like an extravagant salad outside, like full middle class. There's uh-huh. definitely quinoa in there. Sure. And he came over, and I felt so bad. I didn't even know how to say in Dutch, I don't speak English. So in English, I said, oh, sorry, I, I don't speak Dutch. And so in English, I said, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't speak Dutch. So he went, cool. And then did his whole spiel again in English. They're homeless or bilingual. Right. I am lazy. In Australia, I'm... we would elect you prime minister. I know. We basically let Kevin Rudd be prime minister because he could speak Mandarin. More or less. That was like, kind of like, it. He's got glasses and he can speak more than one language. He must be smarter than us. His wife's worth millions. Done. He looks nerdy. Do you know what? I the, I, I don't think this is racist, but in my... <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's what I can tell you about anything that you start the sentence with. I don't think this is racist. It may not be racist right now, but sometime in the future when things have moved okay. on, it will be considered racist okay. in retrospect. So the only other language that I yep. speak is Spanish. Okay. And I don't sure. speak it well. I've just I spent a little bit of time in South America. Many, many years ago I speak I speak South American Spanish, which the Spanish remind me is not Spanish. Okay, sure. So for some reason my head goes you're in another country. Well, they must speak Spanish. And so someone went past me the other day and I went, hola. And so it's not, I don't think that it's racist. It's just my brain's like, it's another language. It's probably Spanish. Ah, uh, well, you know what the good news is that you're either increasing Australian racism, like as in, <laughs> as in they're like, is it possible? As, as people are like, oh my god, they're so racist that they come to our country and speak not only their own, not the, they'll learn another language and say that. At Just us. yeah. Just to be that racist. Just or maybe you're covering up. Maybe they think that there's a whole bunch of Spanish people who are really racist and we're getting off scot-free. I'm not sure which. It's the latter. I hope it is the That's latter. What I, this is a curveball. I'm trying to distract people from Australian racism. Go, oh, look at these Spanish people. Oh, they only speak their own language when they're travelling. Uh, we're in Montreal. I should explain oh, that. Yeah. I did. I, I was like, because <laughs> the... <laughs> Basically, I just said the maid was in here, and you went, and I said because they speak French. Yeah. They're like people like oh, what yeah. sort of sexy all maids speak French. Yeah, they're French maids, are That's they? Right. Will what sort of hotel are you That's staying right. in? That's right, a very sexy hotel. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, the other thing that I need to point out is that oh, okay, so I'll say this: we're in Montreal. That's why the the maids uh, speak French. Yes. Secondly. Uh, the reason that we have to keep this podcast short now is while we were sitting in the corridor uh, of the hotel waiting for the um, room to be clean, the the, clean, the room to be cleaned. Uh, one of the people from the crew who've been filming the documentary we've been filming here came along and said, "You know, you've got that interview today at like twelve, right?" And I was like, "No, no, I don't. No, otherwise no, I, I would not be sitting in a corridor, yeah, <laughs> in my shorts. What do you think, idiot? I'd probably be out in the day, yeah, actually, if I did, if I thought that I had a, a filming going on, right. So um, it turns out that I have to film something. But here's the best thing about that is the one interview I now have in my day that was going to be free, so I could concentrate on my show tonight, uh, is interviewing uh, Sam Wills." Uh, whose act is the boy with tape on his face. He's brilliant, by the way. If, brilliant. If, yeah, if people haven't seen him, he's one of those people that I can honestly recommend to everyone. Anyone. Anyone, anyone will enjoy him. Whichever language, yeah. whatever age you are, you will can go and see the boy with tape on his face. Yeah. He's incredible. He's, he's a phenomenon. And he's an uh, absolute cracking bloke as yeah, well. top so shelf. I'm not complaining that I'm going to interview him and, uh, and that you know people are going to find out more about him through this, but he wears tape on his face. So literally... I'm after going. I'm going to interview a dude who's not going to say anything. Is the is the interview going to be with tape? Yeah, he's going to have, to have oh, the tape on. Hardest and working I, man in showbiz, Will Anderson, right. ladies and gentlemen. So literally, oh. I have to go and interview a guy who's going to have his face taped up. That's full on. 
How well do you know how to play charades? Oh uh, well, uh, well, let's find out. And that's how I'm getting. I mean, not let's find out now. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a weird thing. That'd be a terrible podcast. Terrible podcast, <laughs> guys. Will is crushing it right now. I mean, you can't hear it, but he is crushing it. <laughs> there is probably already. That fucking. There's so many different podcasts, and that's the beautiful thing about podcasts. There probably is a charades podcast. We play Celebrity Head a lot on this podcast. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Celebrity Head. It's my favourite. Yeah, it's one of those things in the 90s where you're like, Celebrity Head, that's a bit daggy. And then you're like, well, but I love it. Oh, man. If you've ever got to nighttime, like, I'm always disappointed. I usually get to nighttime, like most days. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you don't drink. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) how how early are you blacking out that you're not making it to nighttime? It's summer. The sun doesn't go down for a while. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's when the sun goes down early, I'm fine. Fine. <laughs> like in Alaska. I always make it. In- <laughs> well, for a few months of the year. Yeah, that's right. There's some terrible months I can't get through. Mate, I don't know how people do it. I, I genuinely don't know how people live in Alaska. Have for you been reason. to ever been to one of those places where it. Because I, I went to Alaska when it was 23 hours of sunlight. So it was like. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was basically. I can it, live with that. Yeah, right. I'm a sleeping mask kind of girl. Yeah, oh, well, the great thing about Alaska, yeah, they know it's not a surprise to them. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, so They're like adapted or something. Right. So like when you stay in a hotel there or whatever, they do have the best blackout curtains. Awesome. You know, it is that sort of thing of going, yeah, yeah, we know. We understand it would be impossible for you to stay here yeah. in any way. If we We've made some this. adjustments, guys. Yeah. And the other thing is it's a party town. Like, So basically what do people do? Because they open the golf courses like 24-7 because it's daylight. So, like, you know, people go and play around a round of golf at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Apparently, they'll barbecue at 5 a.m. Like, people are having these weird parties and stuff. And, like, they're I don't all, know if that's it, amazing or, like, horrifying. Well, apparently for the other, like, when the darkness months, they, like, do their taxes and catch up on their Netflix and shit. I want to <laughs> catch up on Netflix. They use all of Netflix. Right. I wonder if there's allowances because of that. I wonder if people are like, eh, you don't have to do your tax this time because we know that we had a lot of sunshine. Is, is it very sunny in the days that it's daylight? Is it oh, yeah. usually sunny? yeah, yeah. So, but then, but when it goes into darkness, it's like, you know, it's under snow and like they bet on when I was there, uh, where I was, I was in Fairbanks, Alaska. And um, uh, if you've ever seen like ice road truckers or any of those sort of shows, Mm -hmm. you know, so massive sort of rivers and lakes and stuff completely frozen over. And they have this lottery where they bet on like, they have this like monitor in the ice and it's when like the, you know, the ice breaks and the whole like city bets on like the exact time that the ice will break and there's like a city lottery and stuff. I thought you were going to say they they all bet on how many trucks are going to go down and when they do, ha ha ha, I did it guys, $100,000 for me. I mean, there's 25 people dead, but I won some cash. At least someone's a winner. Exactly. And Mm. that's the important thing, to look on the bright side of every death. Um. Like, uh, not to get too uh, morbid about this uh, topic straight away, but like... Uh, have, We've got limited time, mate. Get into it. Right. How, how d- does it affect you in any way, the fact that... Because you travel a lot and you fly a lot. Yes. And because there's been like a bunch of recent tragedies that we don't need to get into the details of, but everybody's aware of. Sure. Like, does it does that in any way enter your mind when you get on an aeroplane these days? Uh, it hasn't. And then this week, because there's been three mm. in a week, mm. there's been a tiny part of me that's gone, oh, I wonder if I could swim back to London. Right. Like, these, are, these are strong arms. They're not that strong. They're actually no. tiny and pathetic. But there's be a I, good show for next year's festival, though. Wouldn't it, though? Wouldn't it? Actually, you got me thinking now, Will. Right. Got, I'm on it. I'm yeah, on it depends it. how desperate you are for an idea. Yeah, that's right. Felicity's North Channel. Right. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I feel like you might sell some tickets to the wrong For people. a different reason. If, yeah, if, that's right. You have to be very clear on the poster what it's about. Or do you? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Tickets right. a ticket, mate. Right. Tickets a ticket. Yeah, um, their money yeah. spends the same. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, the disappointment is disproportionate. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little bit – I'm getting on a plane today, so I'm a little bit reticent, but it's not going to stop me getting on there. Yeah. How, do you, how are you – Oh, no, no, it doesn't affect me, but I, I, I recently – I did a little um, uh, introduction uh, for the last podcast where I was alone in my hotel room the night that that happened. I was in uh, New York and I kind of just like for 15 minutes had a little like rant into the mm-hmm. microphone just off the top of my head. It was just like rambling. I didn't actually think it was going to be the intro for the podcast. I was just making notes to myself and then I was like, ah, may, as well. may as well release that. Oh, mate, don't you love this business? You're yeah. like, that's art, but, question yeah. mark. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will listen. 
Like, well, that's the thing. I don't have to decide whether it's art anymore. I can put it out there and people can tell me what they like. The iTunes star ratings tells you whether it is or not. Yeah. I had um, a uh, little – anyway, whatever. (laughs) People who've heard that intro know what I'm talking about. But we have this running joke on the podcast too, which my response to any bit of feedback is, fuck off, it's a free podcast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it really is. That means everything's art. Right. It's art. And people, people also understand, I think, the, the people who do understand the podcast understand that it's made it, – whatever it is, it is. Mm. You know, there's no commercial imperative. Like we're not – we're just trying – we're trying. We're seeing what happens. Yeah. We're seeing what it is. But it is what it is and it's free. And the thing that shits me more than anything is if someone ever complains about any of the people that I have on the show. Because I've asked those people on the show because I want to have them on the show and I think it'd be fun to make something with them and they're people that I like, Mm. right? I've never had anyone on this show for any other reason than I like them and I think it would be fun to make something with them and I think people would enjoy it. That's my only reason I have them on. See, I use this uh, – how many times I do this podcast is how much you like me. That's why I'm like – if he doesn't want to do a podcast this time, we're falling out. That's, that's what's going on. I'm a very fragile human being, so I'm happy to make art, quote unquote, right. with you. But it is, and that's my my favorite thing about it is um, that that's what it is. Yeah. But also, don't if someone like comes at one of the co-hosts, I take that really, really personally. No, I really right? love that about you. I was, I, I actually was. I've been talking about you a lot this week uh, with mostly the same people, but just how. How much you love comedy and how much you defend comedy and how much you defend comedians and how much you defend what you do is very admirable and you're very generous. I'm not saying this just because you had me on the podcast. I appreciate it though. (laughs) Am I dying? (laughs) This is the intervention we were talking about the other night. You should say that we were backstage the other day and um, and there was like all these important people from Will's life from years and years and years. There was like my Australian managers, there was American managers, there were people who booked me for festivals for the year. Like it was like... Uh, and, I, and I did actually think that I was like, oh, am I dying? Yeah. And they're all about to tell me. And then Felicity just turned to me and go, duh, it would be an intervention. <laughs> and then I took the bottle of beer out of his hand. <laughs> Will, we love you and we care about you. <laughs> but this is, I mean, this is kind of, uh, this is not comparing it. But that was the Richard Pryor experiment when he decided to throw all of his material away and every time he'd get on stage, he would just get on stage and just talk about whatever was coming to him that day or that week or whatever. And then at the end of that, hey, he had an incredible show, but he died for a year making that. That's Essentially, that is an, a similar idea here where you're like, let's just turn it on and see how it goes. Let's see what it is. And <clears throat> it's not that I don't – funnily enough, it's not that I don't think that it's you know, it should be without – feedback or whatever Mm. like i i love and you know but i just kind of think we're just making this for the fun of it and you can encourage the things you like about it by the positive feedback we have so many people we have this guy reed parker you might have seen online does all these like photoshop things con gettys like there's so many people who get into the spirit of the podcast Mm. and then like reed's got this um uh like i used to always talk on the podcast about how everything is better with batman and now he does this tumblr uh, like everything's better with Batman, where like it's Batman in all different movies and things, awesome. but it's been getting press. Like he's been getting press <laughs> about his Tumblr yeah, that yeah. started as like some stupid idea in the head here. The other thing about the guests, though, so I'm really possessive. Like these are my friends, and yeah, they've come and done me a favor and they've done this thing. Like for me, people understand that I love doing this, and it's my crazy little project, and I fund it all myself. But it's harder for me to then go, like, to ring someone and say, hey, have you got an hour where you can come and do It's not yeah. your crazy project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to sweep you up into my crazy enthusiasm. Yeah. But I'm into it. Right. I'm into it. I'm into it the other day. Uh, can, I, can I suggest something? So this is an idea that I had. If we're going to sure. talk about, like, wonderful things that mm-hmm. are being done and memes, my I had this idea that everything would be funnier if every important film where every horse was replaced with a zebra – Oh, that just—I don't just know why. Remake that, every film, but every with film where there was a horse, there's a zebra instead. Like Sea Biscuit. Every horse race, they're just zebras. Farlap. Farlap. The jockeys are on zebras. The light horsemen. All of them. Oh my god! Imagine the infantry. They're in Gallipoli, and they've got the the bayonets, and they're running towards them with zebras. Black Beauty. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> the scene from The Ring where the horse is running along the ferry, <laughs> but it's just a zebra. I mean, that. Uh, you know what? I just saw uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes the other day oh, and the good. apes are riding horses. Imagine. riding zebras. Heaps funnier. <laughs> Heaps funnier. I don't know yeah. if that movie is meant to be funny, but. Mr. Ed. 
Would yeah. call it a zebra? See? Mr. Zed. I mean, it's difficult. Oh, there you go, Hollywood. Mr. Zed. Mr. Zed. Miss Opportunity. That's what that is. Right. It gets difficult when you start looking at films like Madagascar. You're like, well, there's just, there's ears of zebras. So right. I don't know what to do. But. Well, no, but they, they can do it in reverse as well. Yeah, it's just a Whenever horse. Whenever there's a zebra, they get to be a horse. But that's so disappointing. Like, imagine if you turned up to the zoo and they're like, ah, oh, they're just horses. They're African horses. They're horses, dude. We've seen them. Yeah, but after a while, you're going to get sick of zebras when they're in everything. Not for a short time, though. I mean, you know, like when you're seeing like Deadwood remade with zebras. <laughs> See, <laughs> come on! How is that not funny? City slickers, city slickers. Billy Crystal on a zebra—that's all I want to say. John Lovitz next to zebras. Yes, yes, yes. I would like to see if uh, Daniel Day Lewis could pull off the last of the Mohicans on a zebra. See, they already have mohawks. Oh, that's a good point. See, they were oh, meant for it. It works better. It works better, if uh, anything. So this, I wanted to complete this rant before I finish, which was oh, that. Sorry. No, no, no. This is the nature of it. We like to go off and come back. It gives it a spine. Go off on zebras or go off on horses, come back on zebras. Exactly. So um, when someone complains about a particular one of the co-hosts, I, I, I'm always like, it really gets me because you can choose not to listen to those episodes. Mm. It's literally a problem you can solve yourself. Immediately. You're not giving me feedback. That's actually not yeah. feedback. You're being mean to somebody and you're being mean to somebody that I like and that I've invited into my cool world that is not for dickheads like you. If, if you, I'm sure there's people out there who don't listen to everybody's episodes. You know, they like one person more than others and they tend to listen to those episodes. That's totally fine. Because you've got the choice to do that. Because you're a human being adult. But you, if the minute you say to me, oh, less of this person and more of this person, then guess what? Fuck off. Are you telling Fuck me off, this? Fuck off, it's a free podcast. Are you telling me this because people have been saying mean things about me? It was about not me? about you, Felicity Ward. I wouldn't bring it up in front of you if it was. No, no, no. But the weird thing was it wouldn't have mattered who it was about. Yeah, of course. I'm always going to go. And so I said to them, as I always do, and people who know... Look, there are people who listen to this podcast all the time who give me feedback and I tell them, fuck off, it's a free podcast. And they keep listening and they yeah. like they understand. They yeah. said, here's my point. I understand your point. Let's move on, right? Fuck off. But this person yesterday was just like, oh, so I can't give you feedback and criticism? No. And I, like, I actually know. No, you can't. you can't. You're not a reviewer. No. This is not up for review. And it, no one's paying for it. And fuck off, it's a free and podcast. And fuck off, it's a free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly fuck off, it's a free podcast. <laughs> You're not getting paid, I'm right. not getting paid, the listener isn't getting paid. Yeah, the whole point of that is that, you know, yeah, review it by not listening if you don't want to listen. Yeah. That's fine. I understand that. That's people that. power. Or, you know, pick out the bitch you like yourself. But somehow where suddenly I'm like, yeah. hang on, you're making me do something. It's like when somebody, uh, with all due respect, like asks you to work out something that they could have worked out themselves on the computer. Like, oh. you know, well, what time does the show start? Or like, how much are the tickets? I, the link's right there. I just put it there. I will have to look it up. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. People are like, when are you next in Leicester? You're like, I have no idea. Having no. said, but to be, When are you next in Leicester? To be fair, I haven't updated my website dates for a, a long time because right. I do that myself. And uh, I got, I actually got a friend to do it once and I paid her um, because I just, I'm so hopeless with it. Yeah. I'm a bit hopeless. Are you? Yeah. Like, I, it's a lot to maintain. Uh, you know what? I think that people don't quite understand that. I know this sounds a little bit windy. I'm not trying to sound windy, but there is a big part of the job, particularly if you've been really busy at a, at a festival or something, your bookkeeping falls apart. Oh, my God. I have a like People probably know it with this, like with this um, podcast. Like sometimes if I'm really busy, they don't get as many podcasts. Yeah. But imagine, like take the podcast and imagine that's, you know, my receipts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. I was gonna start. I was genuinely. I don't know if I've even talked about this on the podcast before. I was gonna start uh, talking about a uh, receipt keeping um, app. I'm, I think I actually brought it up and here last time. It's, okay. It's called Shoeboxed, but it's changed my life because you take a photo of the receipt right. and it um, it figures out what currency you've used. Uh -huh. So that my accountant can just log online to that. This is very exciting to me because I've had very many um, bills from accountants going, hey, you owe thousands of dollars. I'm like, ah, how is that possible? Because being arty-farty Are they Nigerians? They're not. Are they Nigerian accountants? They're not Nigerian you accountants. Sure? It's not a scam. Okay. No, I'm just really bad at tax. Um, <laughs> it's not a scam. I'm just really bad at tax. Yeah. Um, anyway, we should um, wrap it unfortunately up. wrap it up. That's our 20 minutes. We said Aww. we could do 20 minutes. 
Uh, but this is an intro. So we, well, I'm just, we're still going to do a couple more minutes is the point where we're starting to wrap it okay, up. Okay, okay. This is the, you know, we're winding it up. Yeah, learn to, we yeah. Do, begin to wind it up. Uh, but basically we had 40 minutes of the Charlie episode. We've mm-hmm. done 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Bang, there's your hour, people. So, you know. Support act, headline. I, and it's the first time that we've done it in this format. First time I've had a co-host for the for the intro. For the intro. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen on this oh, podcast. Oh, God. Fuck, up, fuck off as a free pass? Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, this is the final episode. Charlie and I episode, uh, recorded nine of them mm-hmm. in a row um, when we were at home, like over two days. So, you know, there's been some highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of filler. A little bit of filler. <laughs> Look, but that's that's what happens. Having said that, I just talked about accounting for five minutes. So. All right. It's also great when we make predictions. In the last episode, uh, Charlie talked about you know, how like, you could never have a Weird Al Yankovic these days and he could never release that many videos and like, you know, that sort of thing because that era was gone. Mm-hmm. And in the two months since we recorded that, I happened to release that episode in the week that Weird Al Yankovic released eight film clips. Yeah. Still, still got it weird. Ah, oh, Tofop predictions. It. We yeah. are seeing the future. We're really like Nostradamus oh in this God. operation. So do we say things that aren't going to happen and then they will definitely happen? Yeah. Okay. I will definitely not win a million dollars. Well done. And good on you for setting your sights so low. Yeah, I know. I'm all the money. <laughs> like in this... Oh, hang on. That'll be the phone call saying you have you to do this. You won a million dollars. Hang on. Oh, oh, imagine if it is. Oh, my hang God. On. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm going to keep recording while okay, I answer okay. it just in case. Please be a million dollars. Hello. Hello, Dad. How are you? Yes. I, I did know that we were trying to interview Sam, but no one told me it was going to be today, Saturday. No. Yes. But we can do that. Um, that's fine. What, t- what time, ideally? And just downstairs? All right. Yep. I feel like David Edinburgh. Yep. The Homo sapien takes the phone call. Okay. And with All right, mate. By the phone. I feel like no I'm worries, mate. I'll uh, I'll be downstairs in a minute. Making jokes about the teacher. Yeah, yeah. All good. I've got to get off the phone, mate. I'll I'll get down in a minute. Cheers. <coughs> good one. All right. wasn't a million dollars, unfortunately. No. But I do definitely have to do this interview. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely, definitely. Anyway, uh, look, uh, this is the final episode with Charlie. Please buy a T-shirt. Um, uh, we've still got a few of those left if you want to buy a T-shirt. I am going to be in Edinburgh between the 8th and the 18th. Felicity Ward, you're going to be in Edinburgh too, The right? whole time, mate. The uh, whole what is, time. What is your show called and where can people see it? It's called The Iceberg. It's at 9.25 at the Dairy Room up in Bristow Square. I'll be doing set list and prompter and a bunch of late night gigs. I will and, also be doing those. Yeah, so uh, come and see those and I'll, I'll tweet about all that stuff. Uh, enjoy this uh, final episode with Charlie. Oh, LA Podcast Festival. There's a link. I'll put it on the Facebook page. But if you're buying tickets to the podcast festival and you go through our link, they go, hey, they, these people came because of us. And I think we get some money or something. But yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I'll, I'll work that out. Million but dollars. To, but Charlie will be there. Anyway, this, we didn't, this started well, but it's ended badly. <laughs> See ya. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World Wars Lord. It's free, you know. I traveled through time. Totally. Totally. Best sex with happy mates. Well, you're a lazy Susan. <laughs> it's a total fact. The father of Barn and the Holy Toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor and let's get guns. Now, this is total <laughs> Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Little bonus episode. We were only going to do eight. Uh, we're going to do nine. We, well, we're going to squeeze a little late, yeah, quickie, quickie. In. We're having a quickie. We're having a quickie. A little Tofop quickie. Yeah. Well, we thought what we should do is we had the Tofok. Tofok with a Q. Yeah, Tofok. Yeah, like Toe Russell Rock. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, he was, makes okay. Makes, makes sense. Yeah, it's all part of the mythology. Let's fucking, all right. The, the, the intention of this is yeah. to, because it's the last episode of this season, is to wrap up all the blackboard topics. Yeah. So let's not get distracted with Russell Rock and let's see if we can not divert for 
Two well, there's, there's not much left on the board, to be honest. All we've got to do is uh, Hot Woman. Hot Woman on Plane. And more. Uh, Amy Death Table. Yeah. Bear Joke. <laughs> and we've already done Ramona versus Batman and Iggy. So, like, there's, there's really, okay, I think I'm we one can, of those other two there. No, that, that's just titles, pos- okay. possible titles for okay. other episodes. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, funny. I won't spoil those. Yeah, so I think that um, uh, I think that as long as we get through this, I'm going to start with All the right. bear joke. I'm going to actually just turn my Chesterfield around. Oh, here we go. So I can. What's going on? Why are you? Oh, so you can see the board. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's like what is going on? Changing the whole feng shui of the podcast. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. All right. So the bear joke. Uh, I. <laughs> such a funny way to do a podcast. <laughs> you know what? We think this is a hilarious way to do a podcast. Like 99% of other podcasts or radio shows. Like I did... Yeah, they have a running order. I did Michael Chamberlain and um, Adam Rosenbach's very funny footy podcast, Junk Time. Yeah. And uh, They asked me to do that during the festival and unfortunately I couldn't do it, but I'd, I'd like to do it. You should do it because it's good fun. Yeah. But they had a running order and we spoke I'm giving about- up on my super coach, by the way. Why? Uh, just I'm overseas too much and I've been going shit yeah. and like I just can't... Like, I just I can't be bothered keeping up with players that I don't I really care that's, about. That's my argument. I can't even get my tips in on a Friday. There's no way I'm managing a team. I've it's been too trying much work. Um, I have too much faith in my boys too. Yeah, like well, I, I think I'm too one-eyed. Yeah, I have too much faith. I keep I hold hold on to people <laughs> that like like for example like my team's called Ad Libba. Like so Libba <laughs> like Tom Libertoria has to be in the team, and he was having like a bad trot, and I was like, I can't drop the guy that knows the team. <laughs> the team's named after him. Play better. <laughs> Just play better. It was like the other day when my team was getting beaten. Gary Ablett, uh, who is like the best player in the AFL, he was playing against my team. And so they double teamed him and they were probably using what are very much borderline tactics. tactics to stop him. And the whole time I'm like, his team's beating my team and I'm not getting double points from my super coach captain. Could you guys stop fucking up my day? I love you guys. I'm an ambassador of the club. I'm doing free fucking gigs. My dog has a pet membership to your club and you're fucking up my super coach. Stop it. Uh, yeah, they had a running order <laughs> on yep. their show. And I was like, oh. And Mike was like, well, you know, don't you know Tevel like that? I'm like, no, we don't. We Something don't. wonky, the political podcast I listen to, they they tell you at the start. Like, he's, yeah, on today's show, here's what we're going to talk about. So that's kind of what we did. Yeah. We gave them a running order of things that we might Although talk about. Although we are five minutes into it and we still have not <laughs> fucking illuminated any of these subjects. Bear joke. Right. Go. So um, hit me. I had to go and pitch get- it to me. I'm a Hollywood producer. <laughs> I'm sitting behind a desk. Bear joke. Go. What do you got, kid? Okay. So, well, it's funny that you say kid because here's what people love. Kids. People love kids. And you know who loves going to movies? Kids. And you know who has kids? Parents. Right. So, here's my pitch to you. Kids telling jokes. Because kids telling jokes is cute as shit. So, I was at um, a photo shoot for next year's show, uh, because that's one of the great things you have to do when you're going overseas, is do photo shoots for shows you haven't even thought of the name of yet. Uh, So, anyway, I'm halfway through this tour. I'm thinking about next year's tour and wishing my life away. I'm getting my photos done uh, for the photo shoot, and uh, the stylist is there for the shoot. He's brought his kids along, because it's kids' day. In fact, his kids are wagon school that day. They've come to hang out at the photo shoot, because it's in a props, like uh, a place called Sydney Props, which is like a... Place where oh, people yeah. hire props, I know right? Sydney Prop yeah. Studio, yeah, yeah, propped Amy, up studios, yeah. And so, was like, it in the upstairs bit? The attic? No, it wasn't upstairs. They've oh. got a whole bunch of little oh, studios, got the down, studios down the back. Yeah, yeah. I but shot, the I kids, shot there recently. The kids loved it because all they did was just wandered around the props yeah, and like invented games. Like it's like being in Willy Wonka's fa- chocolate factory. Right. I asked one of the kids afterwards. I said, "Are you having a good time?" And he goes, oh, "I'm getting some good stuff for my movie." That's what he said. How old was he? Like oh, five. And he like had his phone out. I think he was filming like they were kind of filming oh like a, a movie, and he was using. He just the props met the young Spielberg, right? As Forrest Gump. In, in oh yeah, Canada. when they tell the story of the day that he went to see some dick he, and get his photos taken. Yeah, and that was when he for a show that never happened because he died. Oh, Maybe. You, that's like, I died. Not <laughs> the kid. The kid. I'm like, well, that's. Oh yeah, that kid died five years ago. You saw the kid. <laughs> you saw the kid making <laughs> that the haunts, movie. That haunts the haunted propped up place. Yeah, it's a very technologically specific ghost. He walks around with an iPhone. So he's got um, uh, he's got the um, uh, kids there, and uh, one of the kids, uh, like he tells them that I'm a comedian, and so I say to the kid, "Do you know any jokes?" And this is his joke that he told me, which I love. This joke, he said, uh, "What do you call a bear that is shaved and wears clothes? What do you call a bear that is shaved and wears clothes? Bear ass naked? A bear." Good joke. Well kid. done, mate. That was a good joke. You outsmarted me. Outsmarted right. me. Right. 
It's like a test. It's like, does yeah, that mean yeah. I hate bears? Does that think I think that bears can't be doctors? Yeah. What if I fail? <laughs> this is a psychological thing, right? He's I'm trying not, to trick me. I'm not getting this job. I love women. What I do you want from me? <laughs> I think a mother can be a doctor. What? what? Why are you saying these things? <laughs> Is that is that bear joke? So that was the bear joke. Well, okay. I just thought it was. A cr- no, I'm sorry, I'm not, that wasn't a critique. You, like the child, read into my comment to find something to make you hate yourself. Right, it's fine. No, I just wanted, to, yeah, I just wanted to tell you the story of being at Sydney Props and you know, bear it was joke. a good story. Don't fucking defend it. I got free muffins. That's always nice. One of my things I like about my job, <laughs> like yesterday, I got a cab. Hello, Ramona. Yesterday, I got a cab, and um, it, the cab driver said to me, he "Goes, are you a chef?" And I said, why do you ask that? And he goes, oh, you've clearly been drinking and eating food. And it was like the middle of the day. And What do you mean? Were you farting and burping or something? No, no, no. My breath. Because I'd just been... Well, you kissed him? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're meant to do, right? That's cultural, right? That's one of the... I watched, re-watched, re-watched Borat the I other said, day. Uh, do you mind if I play with the furry checkbook with a cock in the checkbook? <laughs> I was, I re- you, can I play with the furry cock book? <laughs> I rewatched Borat and one of the best little jokes that the running jokes in that film is whenever he meets uh, men, he kisses them. Right. And it's so funny to see these uptight white guys just like going along with them but at the same time there's this like inbuilt homophobia that is just like seizing their balls. Right. Ironically. Yeah. Oh, there's a great joke where he he goes down the line and kisses like three men in a row and then gets to a woman and just walks past her. Uh, so I did not kiss the cab driver, okay. but I sat in the front. That will be something that our international listeners will find a little confronting because in Australia we sit in the front. If you're by yourself and you're a man, women might sit in the back seat for good yeah. reason. But, uh, get in the front seat. But if you're a man, you get in the front seat. Like yeah. it's your mate giving you a fucking lift, mate. Yeah. Your mate who charges you money. Yeah. And, wants and doesn't to know to you where you're going. Political issues <laughs> that you're not interested in. <laughs> and doesn't know what you do for a job. Yeah. <laughs> Thinks you're a chef. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I had just had a business lunch. And I had explained to him that, like, I said, someone else had bought me lunch and I had a few drinks and I was eating some food. And he said, oh, you must have a good job where people buy you free lunches. And I was like, I had never thought of that as a good thing about my job. But just that day, I had had two business meetings, which is like when somebody says to me, because I've been home, I took an extra week to do business this week. Mm. And I've been on the road for three, three and a half months, like doing shows every night. I've probably been busier in these last two weeks recording the podcast and doing business meetings and doing that. And it feels like I'm on holidays because I'm not doing shows yeah, at right. night. Like for me, sitting in like a business lunch where someone else is like, you know, buying a nice bottle of wine and I can order whatever I want and then like I leave. Yeah. That's a fun day for me. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I when, when they do catering on location for us, right? Yeah. But it only happens if you are scheduled to be, you know, at work when the catering's. Yeah, there. yeah. You can't just come. You in. can't down and say, "Make me some, make me some eggs." <laughs> um, It'd but, be great if you came in on your day off. I'm here for the catering. I get so excited knowing that I'm going to be at work. I don't care about my shooting schedule. Send me the catering schedule. <laughs> yeah, I get so excited knowing there's going to be like a lunch that I have not paid for, right? Laid out for me, and the thing. And is, ironically, you can afford lunch now. Like I mean, you know, like for the first time. In years you can afford it, but no, this it's like any. But you got to remember, it's not for the cast, really. It's for the crew. It's for the guys who are there, you know, thirteen hours a day. Right. And when you work with enough crews, you realize that money really isn't important as food. Like right. a lot of them will probably forego like a higher pay, higher um, pay for just really good catering on set because that's the thing that keeps you going, having really good catering and it's ready to go and you get enough time to sit down. Because those guys, I mean, essentially if you work on a crew, it's like a trade job. Like it's very physical, demanding, you know, you've got to be focused all the time. All you want is just like a couple of meals where it's just half an hour where you get good food, you know, a variety of food and just enough of it. You've never seen people mutiny faster when they haven't made enough, prepared enough food. They should make the show on a cruise ship. What do you mean? Because you know how cruise ships have like, you know, notoriously have the best buffets and stuff. Mm. And once you're on the ship, like, you know, you just get to eat the food and whatever. So you should shoot the show because they have studios and stuff there, right? Yeah. Like, so you shoot the entire show on a cruise ship. So it's all self-contained. Like, you know, people just get on, like, you know, you get on board for like, it's like mining, you know, fly in, fly out. So you'll do two weeks on board the ship or whatever and you'll shoot. But people can come in and watch the show live. Yeah. Like as entertainment. Yeah, that's not bad. Home and Away is filmed in front of a live studio audience on a cruise ship. What they should do. 
do and then everyone can just eat whenever exactly. they want no but not no what you do though is you franchise you could do a home and away franchise cruise. it and do a cruise but you use old cast members you get yes. some of the old favourites back yes like in the same way that you get old bands back together and send them on a yes. cruise ship and you do live stagings of you like do classic story classic lines. home and away like episodes. Angel you know is diagnosed with cancer is that or you read yeah or like it, or it's one of those things like if it's a neighbours cruise they reenact like Scott and Charlene's wedding yeah, or whatever yeah, totally. or maybe you don't even need the original cast maybe you just like reboot it Reboot it with like younger, you know, lookalikes. Well, I actually, no, no, you don't want, no, I'm not going on a cruise for lookalikes. But here's what I would go on a cruise for I would go on a cruise Young for boys. new <laughs> stories, um, new stories, but with existing or like pre existing neighbors. Cut. So that you, obviously, you're not going to get. It's like, yeah, it's the universe has continued. Right. You're not going to get, um, yeah, Kylie Minogue back to no, do no. your cruise ship. But you no. might get Jason Donovan. Probably get Craig McLaughlin. Like for enough money. He's doing Rocky Horror Show at the moment. Yeah. They asked me to be the narrator of that. Really? Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah. Would they, you ever do it? In a universe where the rest of my career didn't exist. Yes. Uh, do I personally think it would have been fun to go around Australia with a like a crew of a musical and have the role where you're just essentially the narrator. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I have to do any of the heavy lifting at the show, yeah. right? And just do that every night. Like do yeah. my bit every night in this like play and have some fun and have all these big... Mo- that's would, all the narrator has to do. I wouldn't, yeah. He doesn't like, have to sing or anything. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Would I enjoy that? Yeah. If my world didn't exist? Yeah. Yes. Do I think that is good for my career or my overall plan? No. It's if, a terrible idea. If, you're James, but, if James Franco, you'd do it. Well, the funny thing is, in Melbourne, they played uh, at the comedy theatre. Who is doing the narrating job? <laughs> I'm not sure. Adam Hills. <laughs> I know that Craig McLaughlin is the lead. That's yeah. all. That's why it reminded me of it. But ironically enough, or just coincidentally enough, or whatever, the a venue they're playing, Rocky Horror Picture Show in Melbourne, is the comedy theatre where I did a month of shows during the comedy festival. Yeah. So on the last Saturday night, they were tearing down my stuff. Like, I still had a show to go, but they were putting up the big Rocky Horror because it's all over the theatre, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I could have been in the you same theatre. Stayed a resident. Like for like four months doing like my own show for a month and then narrating the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, if they had run it in conjunction with a comedy festival, so you had to and just say... Oh, so I could do my show out. and then so afterwards. So 7 o'clock, yeah. Rocky Horror, like a different theatre or whatever. Yeah. Would you have done it then? You just turn up, you do the opening intro and then, you know, whatever. You don't have to do all the narration, but just the opening intro. To be honest, the joy of it for me is more that idea of going on the road with this the like band of, of... Like, you know, I imagine they'd like be in a fair... A lot of Hey Mona sing-alongs. And like drinking. <laughs> at the bar afterwards. Late nights and like showbiz yeah. moments where we all hug and bow a lot. Yeah. I, I kind of... I, I, you I, wanted basically your high school musical experience. Right, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I wanted, yeah. yeah I wanted people, thought, people hooking up. People pass. Off with people they shouldn't yeah, pass yeah, off with. Yeah, 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 that's what I kind of feel like it would be like. Would it be like that though, as an adult now? Where I mean, I mean, because I know that experience. I'm not what you're talking about. It's yeah. the high school musical experience where, for the first time, like everyone, it's a very like um, it's a very uh, 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 galvanizing experience, especially at a teenager when you're very sensitive and in, in, in tune to that stuff to do a, a production because they feel like your family and it's so close. Right, the applause is kind of intoxicating and yeah. like it's a very kind of and it's a shared. Experience experience too but i think it's because you're 16 and you know hanging out with chicks and it's like i don't know if now at our age it would have the same appeal because it's like i'm exhausted after the show i just want to go to bed it'd be fun for a bit yeah that's that's the truth of it it'd be fun for a bit in the same way as when i'm running the show in in adelaide i quite like to um have some fun as well go down the rhino room hang out like kind of be creative and be around people and actually enjoy the experience of being a comedian yeah but during the comedy festival for example most of the time i just do like press and publicity like i i my venue is not even in the precinct where the main bit is i barely even go down to that part of town because i'm working so hard Mm. that i just do my show i go home after the show i rest up because i've got to get up and do publicity or whatever in the morning you know for the show so Mm. like i I am that adult person, but it's fun to have those moments. And the, the only time where you can really like enjoy that, like it's, uh, the closest in comedy would be the comedy festival roadshow. Yep. You know, they get oh, those yeah, six yeah, or yeah. seven comedians and you get in a Tarago or you get on some planes and you go town to town, show to show. And it'd be fun. Like, I would love to do that again. I can't do that again. Like, you know, where my life is at and what I'm doing. But does the idea of that appeal to me? Yes, very much so. Yeah. But for a short period of time. It's not what I want to do with the rest of my life. But the idea of just doing... if You know what? If it had been in the UK, mm. like if they'd said it's like two months in the UK touring with the Rocky Horror Picture Show doing the duration. Yeah. Maybe? That'd be fun. I remember reading a quote from Heath Ledger once saying that... Uh, 
if he wasn't, you know, working, the re, you know, the reason why he picks interesting film stuff is because he's not interested in doing Star Wars or whatever. And if he wasn't doing films with Ang Lee and stuff, he'd probably just be doing amateur theatre back in Perth. Really? Really? How many Olsen twins do you think you get to bang if you're doing amateur <laughs> theatre in Perth? HL? I think maybe you'd do, you know, you'd do one version of uh, the 39 Steps and yeah. realise that, you know, those styrofoam cups out in the lobby of the Scout Hall yeah. don't yeah. taste quite as good as the yeah. uh, champagne, the Cristal yeah, there's a, period, yacht. there's a period of time where that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a period of time where you turn into uh, the dude from Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. Like you become that like middle-aged theater guy. The but, only way you can stay young forever is go to Hollywood and act like you're a, you know, teenager. Like, you know, try to recreate that all the time. Do you remember that episode of um, uh, Frontline, which was this excellent, excellent... Uh, Australian TV Australian satire. comedy series from the 90s, which is satire of um, current affair type shows. And it was brilliant. Done by the Working Dog guys who we've talked about on the podcast before. And, and it's honestly still... And like I watched it again recently and it's it's so good that it ruined... It, it was ruined... One- it, well, for me, it ruined like uh, uh, like tabloid news shows. Like you cannot watch them without seeing every joke that Frontline ever made. Although the weird thing is like I don't think Frontline would cut through now because news has become what Frontline, the parody yeah. from Frontline, like, that's what news it's is It's like now. Idiocracy. When you watch Idiocracy, it's like, my God, this is no longer like a joke about the future. This is now. The way Michael Moore, which was meant to be this overblown character, talked is the way that people who host all those shows talk yeah. now. It's, it's, it's really weird to me that it has like happened like that. But it's an amazing Peter says satire and it also ruined the idea of satirizing. Like at one stage I had this idea for this radio thing, mm. like, you know, where you kind of like, you know, cause radio is such a old world where, you know, shit still like happens. that shouldn't be happening. And I think it would be a great place for a satire, but frontline just fucking did it so well that I yeah. think that anything that you did, like, even if it's like a, an idea that's far away would be, Compared to Frontline, it's such a great show. Well, there's one episode where um, Mike has a sort of cr- the, the host, who's this kind of vapid, um, you know, puppet for kind of the the network and the producers of the show. Um, he thinks he's doing like really good, serious journalistic work, but he's essentially just this kind of frontman. And uh, so he's watching the stories that are going to air, and it's about like a parachuting grandmother and a cat that can count. And so he calls his friends up at the ABC and says, you know what, like, I'm getting sick of this kind of tabloid journalism. I just want to, I just want to, you know, do some real work again. And so George Negus says, yeah, well, come by the ABC. And when he gets to the ABC and realizes that he doesn't get his own office, he has to share like a cubicle and then everyone chips in for the, uh, for the kitchen, for the coffee and stuff like that. He's like, you know what, I think I'm just going to go back to Frontline. There was That's a, so accurate. I was thinking about it with Husey because when Husey, um, uh, gave up the radio on the telly so he could concentrate on stand-up again more. He said t- to me, he was like, we were having a conversation and he was being very nice. He was talking about the fact that, like, you know, the fact that I had done that a bit had kind of inspired him again to go, oh, you know, that's, yeah, that's what I want to go and do. And and the whole time I was just worried that, like, because, like, you know, like at one stage we had a conversation about, like, well, he goes, well, at least you've paid off your house or whatever. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Like, not even close. <laughs> like, he's got a heap of houses, you know, and yeah. stuff. Like, um. But I have made decisions where I've just not been in a position to be able to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And like I did think if he gets back and he's halfway through the year and he's just like, fucking Anderson, <laughs> you ruined my, ruined life. my life. I've got children. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're George Negus. Here's Mike Moore. Uh, should we? All right, keep going down the list because we've got to get there, don't we? I so say the bear joke's been done. Hot uh, woman on the plane. Hot, well, let's finish on hot woman on the plane. Okay. Uh, Amy Death Table. <laughs> uh, so another great punk band. Yeah, love them at the big day out. Yeah, That's yeah. all I wanted to say. Massive fans of Amy Death yeah. Table. Uh, download their new vinyl. Uh, you can download it, it's, but it's vinyl. It comes yep. out your printer. So we need a three D printer yep. first. Uh, so the other night, um, Amy was uh, working on some stuff for uh, her student film that they've been doing. And um, so she was like, you know, getting some shit around the house and like kind of, you know, getting stuff ready for the, the shoot. And so I was trying to keep her company, but I was tired. So I was laying on the couch and eventually I obviously just like fell asleep on the couch, like, you know, and she was going about her business. And, but that was kind of the point anyway. One stage she sort of said to me, you know, go to bed. But I was like, no, 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 I'll, you know, I'm happy to hang out, you know, until I fall asleep. And so I've woken up in the middle of the night and she's not around, can't see her anywhere. And so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll, um, I'll uh, you know, I'll go to bed. And then I go into bed and she's not like in the bedroom either. And I'm like, where, 
where is she? So I come out the back to my office. She's not out here. And then I walk back into the living room and I've been walking by her the whole time because on our kitchen table, she just laid out on asleep. the kitchen table. Oh my God. That's so unnerving. So she's lying on top of this table. Like if Snoopy it was like, on his doghouse. Yeah. And if it was like this horror film, it would have just been me going past oh the whole time. The least observant. Where is she? Oh, yeah. I, I, by the way, I make my living observing things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you're, you live uh, in an open... You haven't noticed... You, uh, and Will's house is open plan. Yeah, it's open So it's plan. not like there's walls dividing the living no. area from the kitchen. Oh, no, like, no, I had to walk past If you walk in the front door, you can see the entire time. house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was that? All right. Uh, uh, okay, I'll say, uh, M more? Um, oh, yeah, so we're just on to... Oh, yeah, cool. We're getting through these. Yeah, no, we're good. We're nearly there. What oh, time you have to go soon. So it's like, uh, we've done 20 minutes. We're going oh, no, there. cool. 20 minutes? Yeah. I'll okay, uh, do 25. Uh, more. All right. Not 25 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, get this out of the way. Then we can freely yeah, talk about right. whatever we want. So um, I, I did gigs at the end more. I think I mentioned to you that I performed with Bob Saget, which was fun. Yeah. From Full House. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the next night, there was a uh, guy called Mike Epps. Now, Mike Epps is a, a black American comedian, and he has um, he was in the Fridays movies and a bunch of those sort of movies. Is he related to Omar Epps? Uh, I don't know. Can't tell you that. Uh, so, um, I, to be honest, I didn't know much about him until this night, but he had quite a following. What's his name? Mike. Mike Epps. Mike yeah. Epps. And uh, so he... I don't know how many Epps there are around. It's not a very common name, Epps. No. Right? No. So, um, he... Uh, he backstage like I had like some beers and like a packet of Pringles or whatever but he had like a full buffet like oh, he had like rider. yeah there was like a, Bay Mar- there, a was, there was like Bay Marie's and there was like fruit platters and there was like all these like foods and stuff and I was like can I ask for this sort of stuff like this is can in you? my venue like yeah. we're performing in the same room he literally did the early show in the room that I was and mine was sold out and his wasn't where's my fucking Bay Marie hey yeah I guess his agent just negotiated. Yeah, that up front. of course, that's exactly but, what it was. But, uh, but it was like I never. Was it a occurred. nice writer? I mean, they let me have some of it to their credit. So it's so funny. But it was a one man. Why do you need a buffet well, for one man? Well, he had a posse. He had an entourage, oh, okay. you know. But yeah, they had like. A, is he like a big a, star in the states? Well, I guess so. He's like he's, he's Bay Marie level. What does he work on? What does he do? Well, he's movie in movies. I think. Okay. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't that familiar with him, but he seemed to have got a really great reaction. And I think. Said he was really I mean, funny. no offense to our American friends, but it, it, it is a funny thing when you talk to an American who works in the entertainment industry when you talk to an Australian who works in the entertainment industry, even if you've. What do you mean? Well, just I think. Australians have a very blue collar. Even Australians who have done well in the entertainment industry have a fairly blue collar attitude towards success. Like generally speaking, a lot right. of my friends who you know have done quite well, they don't expect to be treated well. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Like yeah, yeah. they don't seek or expect special treatment. Right. Whereas when I've talked to it's the upside of the tall poppy syndrome, people well, people people understand if you put your head up too much in Australia, it gets fucking lopped off. So well, people I think like uh, like uh, you know one of my mates. Um, uh, who's you know starting to do? He's done a couple of Hollywood films now, and I think what people like about him, the quality that they like, is he you know he's just from the country and he's just like a normal bloke. And right. He genuinely does not ask for like he's told me about like when his uh, American agents were negotiating his last contract, he was just so grateful to have the job that he was saying to his agents just. Don't ask for more money. Don't speak right. him. Just, I, I'm happy to do it. And they're That's like, fine. okay, buddy, just yeah. leave the negotiations yeah. to us. This we'll, is not we'll, your we'll, game. We'll, 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 we'll take over. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of like my American friends, when I hear them talk, like complain about stuff or their expectations for, you know, how they should be treated. Or, and I'm like, we just don't have that industry. Right. I, I think, I don't think it's their fault. I think that they have worked and they get treated a certain way. Therefore, that becomes the norm. Whereas here, you're like, what? You're going to pay me to. To do this? Okay, sure, sure, sure. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't even have to talk money. Just let's, let, let me do it. Let me do it. But then, you know, you go to a country where it's a massive industry where people say, no, they, you know, these are the conditions in which we work in and we're not just kind of like, you know, monkeys. We want to be treated well. But Australians come in and we're just like, please, sir, <laughs> can I have some more? Wow. Just so grateful. I mean, I think that you come from an industry that isn't that big. It isn't no. big enough that you can ever really be that big a star just in Australia. So... Like, it's probably more likely if you've gone overseas early on and, like, you know, you've grown up in that system, then probably you have more of that attitude. But whereas if you have grown up through the Australian system, there's been enough hard knocks along the way to... 
make well, you feel grateful I remember for an it, American, probably. Uh, actor friend of mine, I went to the AFIs with him one year. And he couldn't believe it wasn't an open bar. It was beer, wines, and soft drinks. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, where's the vodka? And I'm like, buddy. <laughs> this is buddy, Australian film. Do you, know, do you know the combined box office of the Australian Mate, film industry last year? This this night will lose a lot less money than all our films did. Put it that way. I was surprised we didn't have to pay for the beers. Yeah. I'm just wrapped there free. This is the only thing in the Australian film industry that may come in under budget. I mean, it's kind of amazing too. That was the year that you... Uh, ones for something Russell Crowe was hosting. Uh-huh, I do and I remember that. seeing Russell walking around that party and I was thinking, I wonder if like, I mean, he, he looks at us like ants. No, no, no. <laughs> he didn't actually. He was walking through. He, he didn't, nah, have, he any, was cool he didn't have any hangers on or anything like that. He no, was I just agree. walking around. I made a joke about Russell Crowe uh, that night when I won my <laughs> award while he was standing behind me on stage. It's very gutsy. And so, you know, and he seemed cool about it. Well, Gemma met Didn't him, have me kid, uh, killed or anything. Recently, she went, because she's over in Cannes, and she went to a screening of um, his directed new film called The Water Diviner. She had a special little screening of some of the scenes. And she said she met him and said, he was really quite, like, lovely. She said he was very sweet. And, yeah, you know, yeah. wanted to talk about, like, and found out she was a director and wanted to talk about lenses and editing and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I think he's mellowed a little bit, old Rusty, yeah, yeah. in the last 10 years. Yeah, I think so. And did he did he say anything when you made the joke? Did he give you an like? Did he give you a Barry Hall stare down? Like, ah, uh, you know what? I was pretty drunk. I can't uh, really remember. We didn't expect to win. We were blind. Yeah. Well, I was blind. But you, you didn't make say anything bad. You just you've given nah, us to talk about. I just made a joke. That's all right. Yeah, it was fine. And did the audience laugh? Uh, enough. If for the a audience speech. Had laughed, if the audience had gone, ooh, that was the night. That was the only night I met Bill Hunter. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah. before before he died, because I was such a big fan of Bill Hunter, yeah. and he said to me, and I don't normally use this word, but it's I'm quoting Bill Hunter. He said, "I watch you every week, cunt." <laughs> the only real conversation Bill Hunter and I ever had, but it was precious. Oh, I saw one of our heroes uh, the other day when I was flying. I had like a flight where I saw like, so in the lounge, I saw uh, John Williamson, the Australian uh, you know, music singer. Mm. Uh, I saw Jack Thompson. So it was like the Aussiest fucking lounge of all time. Fucking John Williamson and Jack Thompson in the one lounge. Wow. And then on the flight, Isabella Rossellini was on the flight. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a pretty. Where did you see? How did you know? It was her? I wouldn't even know what she looked like these days. Does she still look like Isabella Rossellini? Yeah, she does. She she's looks very Isabella Rossellini. Really? Oh no, she's very attractive. Still, I was quite like fifty something. Right? I was quite close to her too. Like I was. You didn't drink her tea, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I wasn't quite within tea drinking distance. I would have loved to drink Jack Thompson's tea. Oh, I'm sad that I like. You should have think that's about that. Clancy of the Overflow. You know what? Speaking of Clancy of the Overflow, we were in the toilets at the same time. We oh, weren't really? next to each other, unfortunately. Oh, but in the lounge. Yeah. I thought you meant the cubicle on the plane. <laughs> You're joining the Clancy High Club. <laughs> there was movements in the toilets for the word to pass around. <laughs> uh, all right. Jack Thompson mispronounced my name when uh, 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 announcing the nominees for the IFA Awards one year when we had a, a film in there. Clausen. Clausen. You should have changed it. Like when the Queen mispronounced Monica, used to be called Manuka and she called it Monica. And, and so, so nice. they changed it to Monica. Really? Yeah, you should have changed I it. I don't correct people. We have to. No, no, but what I'm saying is that, like, you Clarkson know, is a whatever, whatever Jack Thompson says should be what yeah, you run with. He can call me. Well, he should be, as we've discussed, he should be the leader of the country. Exactly. Uh, all right. Um, so that's end more done? That's end more done. Uh, so, so we're just to the last one. Last Hot one. woman. Sat next to this woman on the plane who was uh, attractive. Attractive. And then she got in her pajamas, and like it was a bit, it was weird. I I felt like I could, like you know, what the weird thing was she was married and stuff. We had a quite nice conversation. It was I, it wasn't anything weird about it, but it was like it was just like one of those things where because she was hot enough, uh, I felt like I couldn't look at her at all. Yeah, like yeah, I couldn't yeah. even look at her in the way. I couldn't even look at her in the way that like normally yeah. you would look at the person you were sitting next to yeah. to the point where she couldn't get her TV out at one stage and I like had to help her with her TV and the whole time I did it just looking at the TV yeah, like yeah, I was kind yeah, of yeah. almost blocking her out yeah. of like, <laughs> like I didn't even see women was she this on the way to Australia or this was on the way yeah on the way back to Sydney yeah right so she was an Aussie no she wasn't she was uh, she was coming to Australia for something she what was uh, she was foreign she was, uh, I, was I would say she was French but I maybe find not accents well no matter what the accent is to be very attractive oh yeah, yeah. It no, makes that, that definitely added me. to the allure there's no doubt about that it's just it's just something about it it's uh, I think it's she did freak out a little when the pilot came on to explain yeah, at the start yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. the reason that we had been uh, delayed was one of the engines uh, wasn't working but we were just going to take it off anyway. 
and then I've never. No, been, I would freak out. I've too. never been on a plane where someone had to do that, and he had to come back on like ten seconds later and go, "Look, I probably should point out that there were some people who misconstrued that last message." Yeah, obviously, some stewardess. <laughs> has tapped him on the shoulder and said, you realise there's a bunch of people all pale face back there. Right. It was one of those things where it just kind of... So basically what he forgot to tell us was the little engine that's in the tail for the, the heat thing. Yeah. As soon as we get in the air, there's a, another way it kicks in and it's not important to the actual flight. It just regulates some other thing. But he didn't quite give that bit of information. Yeah. And it's the first time I've ever heard someone have to come back on and give the, oh, in case anyone yeah. just lost their mind because I said the engines aren't working yeah. but we're going to take off anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain speaking, I just want to say that we're all going to die. Oh, I meant from laughter when from you watch laughter. Adam Sandler's new film, Blended, available on QView. <laughs> Sorry, I should have oh, should have finished that sentence. I understand that probably uh, pained a lot of you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is a bomb on board. Again, I refer to Adam Sandler's movie, Blended. <laughs> Which I've just watched and it's terrible. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we did it. We, we got the blackboard done. Any final words? Because people aren't going to hear um, from you for another mm. you know, period of the months. Musings have... of, the musings of Charlie. Do what's it, been on your mind? What do for, I need to What's been on your mind for the last 18 months you haven't been able to share with people? That, you know, what's been, I don't know. What's been there, ma'am? Uh, that's, uh, that, that, uh, that's a hard question. There's nothing that's been on my mind for 18 months. What's been in my mind in the last 24 hours is probably more to the point. Okay. Um, you know what? I've started reading again, like yeah. properly reading. Yeah, got some fucking fancy reader on the book. Well, I used to be, uh, 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 like, I used to read a lot. And Would then, you say you were a voracious reader? I was going to say that word, but I, you know how we had that discussion before the show about words we misuse? Would you say you're a voracious? Would you say you're a I had an ex-girlfriend, I'm not sure if I've told this story before, he used to get words mixed up all the time. And we were going on a long drive to the country. Oh, uh, Betty, the secretary from... <laughs> oh, hey, Dad. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, and she was like, oh, she's yawning. She's like, oh, God. Oh, it's so tedious. <laughs> I said, you fucking are with the way you get words wrong. I used to have a whole routine. I think it might even be on my DVD about the, the girl. And this was actually... I changed the story a little bit in the show, but it's a true incident. It happened. Justin was there uh, and a girl came up to me and told a really horrible Jewish joke and then said, oh, it's okay. I'm not anti-semantic. <laughs> and the thing that I enjoy about that the most is semantics are the study of the correct usage of language. <laughs> so the irony was that she was indeed anti-semantic. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've been reading a lot. I, I, well, so uh, when you say a lot, how much? Because I've been reading a lot more too. Not, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to read a book a week for the rest of the year. No, I'm not that fast. I'm probably more like a book a month at this stage, maybe a book every couple of months. But I sort of, what I found I'd become is I was reading, I, I've always read a lot, but I was consuming all my information from the internet. Like yeah, that was basically, sure. I was just reading articles or, you know, I, I tend to disappear down Wikipedia rabbit holes where yeah. I'm like, okay, what's this thing? And then that's how I educate myself. But Something, I don't know, I just, I had some, I had a holiday in Melbourne and I was just going to be staying with my mum for a couple of weeks and, you know, I just really was going to chill out. And so I just bought a couple of books and actually forgot how much I enjoyed reading and the tactile nature of staying, the tactile nature of the book and also the idea of staying in one world. Because when you're on the internet, you are consuming information, but there's tremendous temptation to click out, click off. You know, uh, right? You're not reading a book and on every second page there's another thing going. What about this book? Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. out this book. Yeah, there's no hyperlinks. This thing's actually better than a book. And so I just, I, I, and then I read this article with um, uh, <laughs> there's another book on the side. What about a book with porn in it? <laughs> yeah. Look at this book. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'll just close this book for fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, uh, this interview with Joss Whedon, and he talked about how filling the tanks, and that he has a month off a year, or maybe a, a two weeks off a year, where he's not working. And he said in that time, he just fills the tanks. He yeah, goes and sees I like it. plays he hasn't seen, books he hasn't read. And so that's what I'm doing as well. I actually do a lot of that. That's actually, without me ever having really thought of it like that, that is kind of what I do. In yeah. the and people hear it all the time. Like, you know, I'll come on here and I'll talk about movies that I'm seeing or things that I'm like reading or whatever. It, that's just, that is me doing that same thing of just going, when I've got the time off, because I'll go through a period of time when I'm yeah. touring and stuff for two or three months where I don't see a movie. Yeah. But then I'll go and see everything beforehand or after. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I've been reading too about boosting creativity and writing, you know, different techniques of use for writing. Or, uh -huh. And there is one, it's called The Artist's Way, which I haven't tried yet, but it's like a, it's basically like a, I think it's like a, 10 week challenge or something where 
you challenge yourself to sort of write every day, but also to go through your day and do something different each day uh-huh. to stimulate, you know. Yep. So like walk a, a different way home, but actually observe the walk home and what do you see? Don't listen to your headphones. Because that's the other thing is I used to listen to um, just zillion podcasts. If I had time in between things, headphones in, listening to podcasts, walking the dog podcast, and I was getting bombarded with information. And so I felt what it was doing is I wasn't listening to my own brain because uh-huh. I'm in a period of writing. Right. right yeah, now. yeah, no, I understand that. And so now when I have walking the dog or time off on set, I just don't listen to anything or read anything and I just let my brain start just working over it. You know, for instance, at the moment, I'm sort of, you know, finishing off a pilot script and I'm about to start work on another feature. And so stuff has been kicking around, but I, I'm not forcing it. I'm just walking with the idea in my head and then, you know, maybe I will go and read something completely unrelated to what I'm writing, but it triggers something in me. I think it's just the idea of not watching a, 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 a pot that's boiling, but also not completely distracting. I'm allowing my brain to kind of think at certain times, but then when I am distracting myself, it's with something that has like thematic, like a strong through, if through line, if you know what I mean, like a book does. Or even like if I'm watching... You know, I, used to, I was getting obsessed with watching films that were related to the kind of film I wanted to write. Yeah. Right. And then I found that that was not helping at all. That was just kind of narrowing my viewpoint. And then, I mean, this Cosmos thing has been great because it's such an all-encompassing documentary series. And it's so educational and it's stuff of which I have no graphs, like the science world. But it's really triggering. I'm finding it's triggering a lot of other stuff creatively for me. So that's kind of where I feel like that's where the period I've been in the last kind of few months is just kind of like absorbing from like, you know, select sources and then like vomiting stuff out, you know. And It's interesting, isn't it, how sometimes like I, uh, this movie's never going to get made because it's too, apparently too much like Monsters, Inc. But I had this idea the other day of like a comic book or a movie or whatever uh, about like the only real solution we have for fixing the world is that if we could harness like a way to uh, make anger our renewable energy source. Like yeah, if someone yeah. came up with a way that you could harness anger from the world yeah. and drain it into like any Like source. the uh, yellow lanterns. Right, yeah. Yeah, so fear. We, right. So that's what we need to do. Yeah. And then the, the plot would be that idea of that people would get less and less angry because everything was good and then we'd actually need like people to be angry again because we needed it for the energy yeah, source yeah, yeah, and yeah. like discover the power of anger. But and people guy, can't get angry in a perfect world right, with, and, with love. And, and so this guy, I don't know if he's from the past or whatever, but like he's brought back because he is good at making people angry. I'll tell you what it is. It's not Monsters, Inc. It's Demolition Man. It's kind of demolition. Man. It's kind of demolition, man. It's demolition, man. Except Adam Sandler, and he's like, <laughs> and but he's making people angry because don't you think that'd be good? Like, it's a movie where they need his specific skills. Which in the old days, his skill was that he, like, he ever you never got anywhere because all he did was make people angry, and he was yeah, too yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can do all that but classic Sandler world, anger he's a, thing. He's a god, and he's a god because they need him. We need to get back anger. But is it just is it just as simple as anger as an energy source, or is it more like? you know, a threat arises that can only be defeated by anger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like boat people. (laughs) (laughs) This this, uh, podcast got really political. (laughs) Uh, We have to finish up uh, basically because you have to go to work. So we should say thank you to everyone for tuning back into the new series. Uh, We should say uh, that you can hit us up on the internet, uh, TOEFOP Facebook page, TOEFOP.com. Um, you know, buy a t-shirt, kind of support the podcast. We're definitely going to try to do some stuff later on in the year at another time. Another uh, juncture. Yeah, you can find uh, Charlie Sex Clawson on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. You can find me Will underscore Anderson on Twitter. Um, you can listen to all the other podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, you, yeah, well, I'll talk to you again soon, and Charlie will talk to you again at some other stage. But so yes, but there, I mean, the the, the way it's going to go from now on is uh, it's going to be a bit more eclectic in terms of the release schedule and stuff because we don't yeah. know when we're going to be in the same no we'll if just... we find an opportunity to record we will yeah but uh, it's 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 going to be a bit of a, a shifting uh, a shifting schedule at this stage yeah that's right well you know it's a little bit a little all bit, good but... things come to those who wait <laughs> and tofop <laughs> we, um, it's kind of like how they split the last season of Bless mad, you, mad men you know what I mean? Like they split it in two. That's kind of what it is. We're yeah, not getting or breaking a, bad. You're not getting a full season in a row. You're getting like a little if mid season cliffhanger. to you, then would you have yeah. got that? It's German, right? Yeah. I because I say Gesundheit 
more than I say bless you. That's my go-to when I see someone sneeze. Yeah. It's because of Mad Magazine. But I've never actually asked like what Gesundheit God, actually I think it means. God bless you in German. I hope it does because otherwise, you know, it could have meant. Oh anything. no, I think it means in good health. Good health. Because the Germans said a lot of dodgy things over <laughs> the years. I don't want to be like every time someone sneezes, I'm making some like racial, racial yeah. appetite. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in Matt, do you remember? Did you ever read Mad Magazine as a kid? Yeah, of course. So, like, you know, the Sergio Aragones, the little um, margin cartoons would I be do. there that would yep. have no like dialogue. It was always just visual. But the one joke you would have would be uh, like you'd see like a guy sitting next to a brick wall that had been knocked down, and it was just Gesundheit, as in oh, he yeah. sneezed so hard. He sneezed, yeah. And so Gesundheit, that I just became you know as an eight year old, I walk around saying Gesundheit. But what I've realised is that such an old world reference because I say Gesundheit to people all the time when they sneeze, and they look at me as if I've just insulted them. Right. But it's like so not. Do you, I mean, would you say on percentage fifty fifty Gesundheit bless you, or like am I in like the bottom ten percent? Uh, How often do you hear Gesundheit? No, no, I would say ninety ten. Yeah, right. Yep. Look, I am the ten percent. If this was the climate change debate, I think you're certainly on the side of the 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 uh, the science deniers. Well, no, as in like, yeah, it's the uh, you're on, you're definitely in the small percentage. Yeah, you're yeah. not on the Gesundheit. It's a perfectly yeah. useful. Yeah, but Charlie it confuses too yeah. many people. Right. Bless you, makes a lot more sense. Right. Uh, you know, lang- English is probably the most widely spoken language. Look. I'm going to stick with it this is a land of different um, um, uh, different sayings when it comes to sneezing. We should stick with Gesundheit. Charlie, you're in the minority. Most people think that bless you is a more... Well, I'm just going to hang on to this belief for the rest of my life. It's weird that they're in the minority because they ordinarily hate minorities. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the one argument you're in the background. You realize you guys are in a minority. In a minority right right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Hang on. Oh, no. God, I hate myself. <laughs> oh, that's actually why I do this because I hate myself. Uh, so we look forward to you guys hearing more of us and we look forward to saying more of this stuff. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Cool. Uh, 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 uh,